Welcome to The Future is Female Powerlifting, a show where women of all strengths can explore the world of female powerlifting. I am your host, Heidi Donnell, a 60-kilo powerlifting gym owner, and each episode we bring you an inspiring interview or message to help you unlock your true inner strength potential. Thanks for tuning in. Aloha, my beautiful friends, and welcome back. We are on to episode number 24, and this ride has been fantastic. And you know, um, each week I'm going to be launching a new episode, so stay tuned each week for the summer. I think it looks like I'll be able to do it for the next four weeks at least. So you know us up. That means we have some great interviews. We're going to be doing some Q&As, and I have something special in store for you all, and I kind of announced it last week. What I'm going to be doing is doing a little Q&A on my Instagram. So if you don't follow our Instagram account, it is future is female powerlifting, not the future is female powerlifting. The, it's just future is female powerlifting. And would you believe the makes it too long? What do you know? Anyways, we are going to be doing a little Q&A where I'm going to ask you ladies to actually tell me your question and you're going to send that to me and I'm going to put it on the freaking podcast. So not only are you going to get your answers, you know, your questions answered, but you're going to be able to hear your voice on there as well. And on this amazing episode, episode 24, we have arguably one of the strongest women in powerlifting ever. I mean, the woman has broken her own record like 40 times. I mean, something ridiculous. She has a record squat and a record bench. And I mean, 725 squat and a 465 bench at her peak. None other than Miss Laura Phelps. Now, I think what makes Laura so amazing is not the fact that, you know, yes, she has these world records, but she has continued to move the sport of powerlifting through so many different realms with the help of Louis at Westside Barbell and really kind of being this person along with Shane Sweat to kind of take powerlifting, well, I should say take conjugate uh, because that's what she really trained was conjugate and take that into the realm of CrossFit. So if you are a CrossFitter, you've been to um, CrossFit gyms and you're familiar with CrossFit conjugate, Laura was really an integral part of having that grow. Um, and she continues to have that at her gym, a combination of, you know, con CrossFit conjugate as well as powerlifting. She really breaks down how it all started for her powerlifting and how she was pretty much kind of just strong. <laughs> and she realized, hey, I'm actually kind of good at this. I should probably continue doing this. So, you know, weighed in, squatted with tennis shoes. You'll hear all the stories and how that started off for her and how she actually got started with Louie at Westside Barbell. And Laura also holds one of the most popular women's only pro-am competition. It's out in Cincinnati. Um, and I've heard so many great things about this meet, not only as a competitor, but as a woman. It is um, I mean, I can only imagine because I haven't been to it, but I can imagine just sitting in this, you know, gym that's just screams powerlifting for one, surrounded by fucking women who are so strong and other people around just yelling and having some crazy intensity um, and, and just a really good energy. I mean, I've heard this from so many people 
And Laura really was able to create this environment along with the people who work with her. Very, very close, close friends who have helped elevate um, the competition for her. And I am excited to say I'm going to be heading out next year to check it out. And yes, you, I want to thank you for reaching out to me and, you know, giving me um, telling me how you feel about the show and how this has really helped you and sharing when you guys are listening, taking screenshots and posting it on Instagram and Facebook. I love it. And it's always great for me because I know uh, what, what topics are going to be resonating with you. And, um, really, I mean, that's the goal. I want these conversations to have something that you can pull from. And with that, I did want to read one of, um, our reviews on iTunes. And by the way, if you guys have a minute, please take a minute and just write a review or give us five stars. It helps us grow. And I appreciate everybody who does this. And this one is coming from a Morea one. I probably am saying this wrong, but anyways, I listened to this podcast for the first time with the interview with CC Ingram and I was blown away. It was one of the longer interviews I have listened to, but I was hooked and I couldn't stop listening. It was so real and honest. The conversation was engaging and just I just thoroughly enjoyed it. Though it was a topic I might not have experienced myself, I still feel that I could relate and take lessons with me <clears throat> in powerlifting and in life. Such a uh, such a wonderful host. Oh my goodness, thank you. Um, conversation, and I can't wait to listen to the others. I recommend everyone take a listen to this podcast, whether you are in powerlifting or not. Totally worth listening to. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. I love hearing. I know Cece's story was just, you know, and she's, Killing it. If you guys haven't noticed, Cece is out in San Diego and she has just been running it. And she is on our episode 20. Um, if you would like to hear about her story and how she is rising from the ashes. And of course, of course, of course, this podcast is brought to you by my gym core strength and performance in Huntsville, Alabama, where we live through strength. And if you are looking to get a little stronger, if you're looking to maybe elevate your powerlifting, looking for some programming, somebody to help you out, with your lifts, um, holla at your girl. We're going to be doing some uh, powerlifting programming in two weeks. So I will let you guys know when that launches, as well as if there's anybody here. If you're in the neighborhood of us, we're at the top of uh, Huntsville. We're at the top of Alabama by Tennessee. If you're in the neighborhood, come by on Saturday from 9 to 11. We do free open gym. For anybody that's into powerlifting or strength sports, it's really an opportunity for all of us to kind of get to know people in our area who powerlift or, you know, you know, powerlifters, we kind of like all over the place and, you know, we're, we're not all together at one time. So this is a time that I, I like to be, um, around other powerlifters. And so we do it for free. We just want you over here. Okay. Now let's get it going with Laura. Okay. I just literally was like, I had been like, I started following you guys cause I saw something else and somebody shared and, um, and then like, just like the content, just even of the Instagram page, it was really cool. So, yeah, well, I'm stoked because, uh, I don't often get, um, people who have been coaches for a while, you know, so you've been in the game yeah. long, you know, so there's, I have, a, you know, I've had Julia and, um, Susan and, you know, um, Yessie and other people who, who've kind of been, um, doing it longer, but. I don't think at the, at the game, maybe that, you know, at the level that you're at. So it's, it's kind of cool to see where you've taken things. And it's really interesting to me how you've taken it that way, because, you know, it's like the word CrossFit does not <laughs> go with anything powerlifting, you know, with everybody else, at least, you know, it's not something that, right. that they're like, oh yeah, I do uh, CrossFit. But I remember when you started like transitioning into that, I was, uh, 
was like, oh, that's, you know, it seems like a smart idea. I mean, especially somebody like you who has a gymnastics background. How did you, yeah, how did it, that I mean, get started? It was, well, it goes way back at, um, back to when, so gosh, it was probably 2009. I think we, I was, you know, obviously still competing in powerlifting and CrossFit started having these specialty courses, different things like, um, gymnastics, weightlifting, kettlebells, whatever. Mm-hmm. And they, uh, brought on a course, you know, CrossFit powerlifting and they, hired Louie to teach this course and Louie, you know, is just kind of like, I don't know. I, I think he was kind of like, Oh, this is weird. But so he came up and did like a, like kind of like a trial run and they had like some of their top coaches and athletes come to it. And uh, Louie asked Shane and I to come up there to help him teach this course. So we come up there, we help him teach a course. Um, it was really fun and CrossFit loved it. So they, um, kind of picked him up as, you know, like I'm a permanent subject matter expert basically. And, uh, so we started going up there like every, I think it was every month. I think once a month they had them at Westside. Wow. So we would go up there and there'd be different groups, obviously every, every month. And so that's how we kind of got it started into the, I mean, CrossFit was really young then. I mean, this is like, I think 2009. Yeah. So it was, you know, a really, really young you know, sport, if you want to call it. Um, and so, I mean, we enjoyed it and we started learning like about how to like the ways that we want to incorporate the conjugate system into CrossFit and just how similar they were, you know, like CrossFit and, and powerlifting, you know, are, you know, or CrossFit and the conjugate method are very similar. So, you know, we started teaching them on how to incorporate it into their training. Um, so some, you know, years go by of doing this and, uh, CrossFit wanted Louie to start traveling to teach these courses at different other, you know, other gyms, um, sort of like all the other courses do. They don't really have them at a one set gym. They have a, you know, know, different gyms can host it. And Louie didn't really want to travel, um, to do this. So he had Shane and I start traveling to teach these courses. And, um, so I think this was probably, probably like 2011, 2012, um, we started traveling like all the time, Wow! all the time to teach. Yeah. Like we, everywhere we went to Europe a bunch of times. Um, he's been to Australia, uh, I mean, everywhere and all over the United States to, to teach this course. I mean, it was just at that time, especially like 2013 to 2016 or 17, I would say it was wildly popular, like, cause there were only a handful of specialty courses. So you know, we would, every course that we had was, you know, 30 plus people. Um, and this is a two day course. It's long. It's, it's, you know, two full days. Wow. And, um, yeah. So it was just like, next thing, you know, 2013, you know, so we have the sweat shop in Cincinnati, which is like a personal, it started as a personal training gym. Um, I was competing in powerlifting and just naturally, like I got one training partner and then over time it was another training partner. And next thing you know, we have like a ton of powerlifters. Yeah. So now we're, you know, it's, essentially a powerlifting gym with, you know, some personal training, yeah. you know, so, um, <laughs> that's kind of how it went. I mean, and we opened that in 2009, so it's been 10 years. And then, um, in 2013, the space next to the sweatshop opened up, um, the tenants moved out. So we were like, well, this is like a perfect, it's perfect timing to 
try to open our own CrossFit gym and incorporate and actually put into practice all the things that we've been teaching everybody, um, you know, right here in our own gym. So it was like right next door. We had like a wall with like a door that separated it. Um, so that was 2013. We opened CrossFit Conjugate and, uh, we are, our first coach that we had Taylor Drescher. She kind of, she helped us open the gym. She started off, she, um, coached all the classes. Uh, and then, you know, some months after that, she left for the Marine Corps. Um, still little, she's, you know, out of the Marine Corps now, and she's like a huge advocate of conjugate and still, you know, trains that way and coaches people that way. Um, so she was an amazing coach for us and got us started off really well. Um, you know, so that was 2013. And meanwhile, like, you know, I'm, 2013, I was, you know, 2014 was the last year I competed in powerlifting. So I'm, you know, nearing the end of my powerlifting career. And, um, you know, with the CrossFit classes going on next door, I'm like intrigued by it. Because mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I, I have, a, you know, I do have a background in gymnastics. So all the cool gymnastics stuff that they do, I was, you know, interested in that and just yeah. playing around. Well, with I, so I, I, I remember, I remember seeing you do um, a sitting box, not a box squat, jump on a box. Oh and yeah. Box jump. Yeah. Box jump. And you yeah. were sitting and that fucking box was so high. I was like, no way. <laughs> no yeah. way. And I, you just jumped so high. I was like, holy crap. You must have done gymnastics. I mean, you were powerful as it was, but it, you just moved like somebody who had done it for years and, and you're actually what, like 15 years almost in, in gymnastics. Yeah. Yeah. About 14 years from the time I was four until I got out of high school, basically. That's so crazy. I, I always think that people who have done gymnastics to me have built like a really good base for powerlifting because you probably have oh, wonderfully like dense and good. Really, tendons. Yeah. Really good tendon strength, mm-hmm. you know, tendon, right. And just explosive power, flexibility and mobility, uh, and body awareness, especially I think body right. awareness is probably the, the number one thing that it like helps transfer over into powerlifting or any sport really. Yeah. It's funny. I was having this conversation with a parent tonight. My kids do jujitsu and oh, yeah. he was talking about his son. Like, you know, he's not really like a, um, physical, he doesn't really have like a good sense of body awareness. <laughs> and I was saying the same thing, like my kids too, you know, if they're not really athletic, they don't really get that sense of their body in space. And when they were in gymnastics, that helped. And, and jujitsu, they, you know, they, you really have to be aware of your body. So, um, I was like, man, they've gotten, they just look like they move better, you know? And, and right. like, it's like, they look like athletes now they're starting to right, move right. like that. And I always thought that was interesting, but yeah, th- that's so crazy. And I, you know, it's funny that you say that conjugate and uh, CrossFit is similar. Cause I tell people that I'm like, you know, when they say things like, you know, always keep your exercise is changing, keep your body right. guessing, right? You know, there's a lot of the concepts of CrossFit. What are the yeah. things, what are the things do you find that are similar that you were surprised about? Um, different. I mean, even like some of the unique accessory movements and like how we overload, like with bands and chains and things yeah. like that. Um, uh, dynamic, you know, speed work, all these things that like we found, like not only with myself, but with higher level CrossFit athletes that have, um, that we've coached in CrossFit, um, like the, the lockout power, whether it's handstand pushups, uh, ring dips, you know, mm-hmm. at the top of the muscle up, things like that, that, you know, they find that they're just so much more powerful. They have a stronger lockout and all the, the overhead movements, um, you know, different things like that, that come from some of the more like conjugate type accessory movements or the accommodating resistance ca- carrying over into 
into those movements. You know, there's a lot of box jumps and, and, um, and CrossFit workouts and, you know, heavy deadlifts and things like that. And, um, you know, so there's, you know, not even just like the, the rotation of exercises, but I think the accommodating resistance, um, plays a big part in, in, you know, also to the work capacity, like the, the amount of volume that's in, in conjugate as Mm -hmm. far as like, um, you know, not in necessarily like the, the compound movements, but, but the accessory movements and, you know, special exercises, um, and sled dragging and GPP and yeah. stuff, you know, building such a huge work capacity. We found that even our like class members that do a lot of local competitions, they find, you know, even on at that level, they're able to make it through the day and they have, you know, they're not totally gassed, <laughs> yeah. you know, like they, they have, they've built such a big work capacity. Yeah. yeah like that's exactly it. really quickly from workouts. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a big thing that, you know, like, um, that people forget about, you know, like, oh, you know, it's all strength. But I think that's one thing that, you know, conjugate does well is, is you have to get that GPP in. And I'm actually, I just right. finished a whole, a whole cycle right now. And, um, oh man, I was just sweating. I was like, Fuck, when, what happened to me? Like, right. when did this happen? Right. It's, it's a lot of work. It's it is. A lot of work. It is. And I was, I was sitting there thinking, man, I just, I, I, I forgot the athlete that I used to be because I, I used to bodybuild for a while. And, uh, you know, you, you do a lot of that, you know, and, and my trainer at the time was having me do a lot of plyometrics and more of that standard girl, I, I guess you could say girl bodybuilding stuff. And, um, I, I had a great work capacity. I, it was fantastic. But once I stopped that, I was like, yeah. I ain't doing any of that anymore. <laughs> Not right, one right. <laughs> and I think I just went too far that way, you know, and, and now it's like yeah. trying to recover and, and have a nice balance. But I, I love that, that, um, I love that, that CrossFit conjugate has a mix of that because I see the hashtag and I look at everybody's pictures and, and videos that they're putting up. And, um, I can see that it's, it's still very popular. It seems. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, there's a lot of people, even on, on higher level, of you know, CrossFit athletes that, you know, will reach out and be like, can you help me with like a, you know, a, a program, even if it's accessory work or something like that, there's a lot of people doing it. There's a lot of people incorporating it in one way or another, whether it's, yeah. you know, they're adding in box squats or adding chains to the bar or bands or yeah. you know, doing dynamic effort work. There's a lot of people doing it. And, um, we have a, um, you know, a female who's on a games team this year, she's qualified for the games this year and she does conjugate. And we've got a, um, a 62 year old, female who's been to the games now twice wow um maybe three times that she's been to the games uh um uh in the masters category obviously um but you know they're all doing conjugate and doing really you know really really well and you know we have a lot of we've got regional athletes and you know we've had a lot of like people that make it out of you know make it out of the open basically yeah oh yeah that's that's so crazy i mean the they got to be competitive at that level too. I mean, they got to be strong. Right. They got to be fast. I mean, it's pretty ridiculous. Every time I watch the games, I'm like, they're just like thinking of different ways to break them off, man. I just, right, it's right. almost like, <laughs> how do you physically do some of this stuff? Like, and you can't prepare for some of that, you know? And right. I, I think I would really suck. And I, I like to swim, but I think I would suck at swimming if I had to <laughs> like work towards that along with everything else. Like I think. Oh uh, yeah. Like our, like our athletes who, you know, compete at the higher level, they, you know, they're obviously training, you know, multiple times a day. And then now they're having to add in like swim training, yes. um, it's to like make so sure crazy. they're up on that, yeah. you know, cause, and they're, you know, they're going to like these small, like 
lakes. We don't have a lot of like, you know, really nice lakes around here, but they'll go to like little, these smaller lakes and they're mm. practicing open water swimming. And mm. yeah, cause that's hard. How do you program for that? <laughs> What's that? How do you program for that? Do you like block it in there or how does that work? Um, I mean, I, I like the thing is that like, I prefer just only handling the strength programming of it. I don't try to like be like, right. um, like the programmer of all the things, you know right. what I mean? So right. I'd rather, you know, kind of have a bunch of experts come together to create a program. So, you know, I just contribute as far as the programming goes, uh, the, the conjugate, like the strength programming. And then we have other people that will, um, program like our, our head coach, he programs all the, the Metcons and conditioning mm-hmm. and, um, and, and whatnot, you know, so when it comes to the swimming, I, I'm definitely not <laughs> programming that cause I'm not, I'm not a swimming expert. Yeah. So I, you know, we have, you know, high like college swimmers that'll, help, um, coach our athletes, you know, you know, not with just even just programming, but with proper technique right. and swimming as well. Oh yeah. When I learned to swim proper, I was like, this sucks. Cause I I'm from yeah. Hawaii. So you just kind of go out there and you know, you're like thrown into the water and you're like, there you go. You can swim now. But then when you actually go to school and have to take a swimming class, I was like, why? I'm like completely out of breath. I didn't know how to right. time my breathing. It's, it's pretty, I, at the end of it, I was much better, but yeah, I, I could definitely see how I'd I'd poop out. I'm definitely not at that elite level, so very obvious yeah. with my my panting <laughs> in there. <laughs> I don't know if you, I don't know if you saw, um, and I never look at these anymore. But the Oxygen magazine. Oh yeah, I don't. I mean, unless I'm at the grocery store and happen to be going down the aisle, I yep. wouldn't probably have me seen either. It. <laughs> so I happen to be at Barnes and Noble, and I was like, I haven't looked at a magazine in forever. So I walk over, I'm like, Oh my gosh, muscle and fitness. Here's oxygen. I'm like looking in the back. I'm like, Holy smokes. They're benching with bands. They're squatting yeah. with bands and kettlebells. Wow. And and I was like, I could not even believe that I, I had to put it on the story. I was like, well, kudos. And they, they, they talked about, they didn't really talk about accommodating resistance or anything like that. It was more so they made it a point like, Oh, it's just challenging. The weight is in a different spot, you know? So they, they kind of were giving a little description to it and they had a personal trainer. Oh, it makes it fun and stuff like that. But I don't think I'd ever thought I'd see the day that there would be any kind of bands with bars and and the girl, it was, she was decently squatting. I was like, this is, this is pretty awesome. Like I'm, I'm surprised it's, it's gone a little mainstream here. (laughs) That's great. I know that's really good. I would never would have thought it would be in like just a normal article of oxygen and not like a specialty article that someone no, I know I was you know, completely I was completely surprised and I was like huh that's interesting and that's I never awesome. thought yeah I'd show my husband I'd like them look at this he's like not impressed not impressed at all right, <laughs> right. <laughs> he's like so and I'm like that's a big deal that's like a woman's magazine I go I could see it yeah. in a men's but women's magazine that's not something that you often see so I'm I'm I'm, I'm I think it's great that they have that right so that's you, awesome so what made you get into powerlifting because I know you were bodybuilding before right Right. Right. I was bodybuilding. Uh, once I, I was working at a fitness center at general motors in Toledo, uh, when I got out of college. So that kind of got, I mean, I was working in a weight room, even though I wasn't, I was just like kind of working at the fitness center. I wasn't like personal training anyone. Um, which is good. Cause I didn't really know what I was doing back then. <laughs> I was right. not into weight training at all. I was just, I was out of gymnastics and then into running a bunch of, you know, know, just to stay fit through college. And then, um, after college, you know, got a job there and started working in the fitness center. And 
Um, and then, you know, got into weight training, started, got a membership at a powerhouse gym, uh, in Toledo and that, you know, there were a lot of bodybuilders there. There were a lot. And that was just like, that was the thing there. Everybody was, it's sort of like the Toledo version of gold's gym, you know, Venice, you know, a bunch of bodybuilders and, um, you know, a bunch of people that were competitive and, you know, telling me that I, you know, had the right shape and, and whatnot for bodybuilding. And so I was like, okay, like I'm competitive. This would be fun to, to do something. So that, you know, got me into bodybuilding. I did a couple of shows, um, right off the bat. Um, and I enjoyed those. I, I mean, I didn't like the dieting, but I enjoyed being on stage, um, and performing and, and whatever. And then I, uh, took some time to prepare for like a real show, like a, like not just like a local show. I went to, uh, in 2004, I went to the GNC body rock in Virginia and did that one. And, um, I, I mean, I was loving it. I was like, this is awesome. Dude, you were shredded. I see Um, pictures. Your fucking side try. I was yeah, like, look yeah. at that side chest. She's got it yeah. going on. <laughs> I was so small though. Oh my gosh. I was like 120 pounds. I mean, oh I, I mean, I probably, I'd probably be too small for physique at that point. You know what I mean? Yeah, like maybe yeah. I, I would have enjoyed physique honestly. Cause I was like, I mean, I, I liked bodybuilding, but I was like, I don't really want to be like enormous. You yeah. know what I mean? I, I liked how I was shaped then. So it would probably, I mean, who knows what would have happened had they had, Physique Physique back then then, I probably would have really, yeah, I would have really enjoyed that. But, um, you know, so I, you know, no, you know, I did the, that body rock, but I didn't have any intentions of stopping doing bodybuilding. I just, um, you know, went back to training and, you know, took the feedback that the judges gave me, which Mm -hmm. was like to work on thickness in my back and arms. Mm. Um, you know, I mean, I had, you know, good definition, my legs and, um, triceps, but my, back was wide, but it was just like not thick. It didn't have that, you know, that thickness in my spinal erectors and traps. So, um, decided to incorporate some of the power lifts into my training. Cause I, at at that time when I would do lower body, it was like heavy leg press, heavy hack squats, things -hmm. like that. I wasn't squatting or, or deadlifting or anything like that. So started doing heavy deadlifts in my training. And, um, I loved that. And and I think back now I'm like, (laughs) I would do a whole leg workout. And then at the end of my leg workout, I would do a heavy, like work up to a heavy set of eight deadlifts. And I would just increase that every week. I mean, there was no, <laughs> there was no like rhyme or reason. No, just, like, let's just, just keep, keep going. going up heavier. <laughs> but it kept going up. It was crazy. I was like, this is so fun. I love this. Oh my gosh. Um, that's awesome. What, what way did you start at? Where were you at? Do you remember? I probably was like started in the twos. And I remember kind of, um, I remember one time pulling like 365 for eight and, you know, I had no clue. (laughs) I know. I was like, I don't know if that's good. It just, I just enjoyed doing it. And like, so there were a couple of power lifters (laughs) at powerhouse that were kind of like, Oh, you should do. There was like some, um, a couple of non-sanctioned push pull meets in Toledo. Like you should do that. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, um, they talked me into it though. and, And it was, uh, like, I remember the first one I did, it was like in in a mall department store, like an empty one, um, <laughs> went in there and they had, it was, I mean, it was, I mean, I had no clue what I was there. I wore like regular tennis shoes to deadlift and, um, <laughs> I love it, it was just like no clue what I was doing, but I, I still, it. I had a lot of fun. I did a couple of those and, um, and then finally after, I think the second one or yeah, that I did, um, I kind of decided, well, actually 
part of, partly because there were a couple guys at Powerhouse that I, you know, kind of connected with that were training. They were kind of serious about powerlifting, and um, we started like training together. And we decided let's do like a real, you know, powerlifting meet, not just a yeah a push pull meet. Let's like pick out a real one. Like yeah. and back then, like we didn't. There wasn't like there was the internet, but it wasn't like there is now. <laughs> where it's just so easy to find powerlifting meets. This was like 2004. It was like, how do you find a powerlifting meet? So we looked up, um, we got a powerlifting USA and cause in the back, they would have a list of all the meets that were coming up everywhere. Yeah. And, um, we found one for that summer. We're like, well, we'll give it like, you know, five or six months to train. And, um, you know, it's just so funny. So, it's like what before Google, like what the hell? That's what we did. Right. It's I know. so like, crazy. <laughs> it's like when you a, called somebody and you were like, Hey, right. is there this going on there? And it's so funny to even think right. like that we had to I do it know. that way. <laughs> exactly. Like now it's just like a click of a button and you can find it all. But yes. like, you know, we would like look and like look for all these meets and we picked out this one that was up in Chicago. It was the APF um summer bash. Well, the APF was like that was the big federation. Then there was, you know, there were a, a handful of other ones, mm-hmm. like other real small ones. The APF was it like, like that was the federation. So we basically were just picking a location. So we picked Chicago because yes. um, it was just a, um, a couple hours from Toledo and um, picked that one. It was, I think in June of that summer of 2005. And, um, and also back then too, everything was equipped, you know? So like the, there was no, I mean, there was an option to lift or all, but like everybody lifted equipped. So it was like, okay, we're doing this powerlifting meet. We have to get gear. Now we have to get bench shirts, <laughs> briefs, deadlift suits, squat suits, everything. So we did like, um, I ordered briefs first and, um, I, when I was working in Toledo at general motors, there was a, a guy that I knew that come into that we come into the gym and he told me that his nephew owned a gym up in Detroit, which was, it wasn't too far from Toledo. Um, and he was a competitive power lifter and there's a bunch of competitive power lifters there. And so he gave me his number and I called him and he said I could come and check it out that weekend. So we went up there and checked it out that weekend. And, um, these were, I mean, these guys were, um, not his nephew, but the, this other group of guys that were training there, they were, they were ex like world champions, wow. world record holders, like, you know, that were retired, but still training together. Oh, that's and, awesome for you. Yeah. It was like, it was literally perfect. It was wow. like, this is awesome. So one of the guys, um, gave me a squat suit, a, um, a, like a Inzer Leviathan nice. and it fit, fit perfectly. It was really tight, but it fit perfect. Um, so there's, I had the briefs, but there's the squat suit. Um, and my, be- I ordered a Ben shirt, an Inzer Ajax. Um, started working with that, um, with those guys up there, um, and the deadlift suit, that was easy. Just kind of throw that on and just deadlift, you yeah. know, um, not that it's easy, but it was yeah. the easiest thing to learn, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. compared to the other two. Oh but, my gosh. Yeah. Um, benching, um, when I, I've never benched in any kind of suit or anything, but watching people get coached. Oh um, yeah. It's nuts. That's the hardest one. That's the hardest one to get people used to. It's just so tight and the, yeah. the pressure of it is just insane. Yeah. So um, that, that definitely was my hardest lift for sure. Like, you know, at that time I was still enjoying deadlift. Um, <laughs> and squat was fun because, um, again, like here's another way, like 
I basically just had beginner gains every week. We would go up there, we would squat on Saturdays and we would squat for hours. There was like a bunch of us and um, we would just work up heavy every week, like every single week, just, you know, throw the suit on. And every week I would go up 20 pounds, um, you know, and it was easy and we'd shut it down next week. I'd go up 20 more pounds. Um, and at that time I'm totally hooked because, you know, I'm, you know, at this point before my meet even came, I'm squatting into the 500, over 500. And I'm just so like this, crazy. okay, this is awesome. Yes. Um, yeah, it was really crazy. And I just was like, um, the meet came along, I think, yeah, that was, I think it was in June. And, um, at that meet I squatted 551 and benched 303 and deadlifted, I think 440. Um, Jeez. And um, I was like, okay, this is, this is what I'm doing now. This is awesome. <laughs> Especially because like, um, the thing, the year before that I went to the Arnold that this is when I'm still bodybuilding, no powerlifting whatsoever. I went to the Arnold and um, happened to watch the, the bench bash on the stage on the big stage. And Tina Reinhart was benching mm. and she was 132 and she benched 402 for a world record. And I was literally mind blown. I was like, I, I, I just literally couldn't wrap my head around right. benching 400 pounds. Um, and you know, so once, you know, fast forward, once I did that meet, I was like, I was like that. I, I knew that the world record, I already had looked up the world records and I knew that the world record, um, squat in my weight class was six eleven. And I was like, I just squatted 551. I was like dead confident that I was like, I am going to squat the world record for sure. You know, um, <laughs> I know it was just crazy. I was just like, I, I guess just because I had such a great training group and they were yeah. so supportive and, and encouraging and like how like kind of easy my squats felt every week. I was still getting those beginner gains. Um, I just was really confident that I could squat that 617. I didn't know when, but I was like pretty sure I would do it. And, um, like two months later after that first meet, uh, went up to, to, well, this is Grand Rapids or somewhere up in Michigan, um, to do another meet, but I was just going to squat there and, um, just to hit another squat, see what I could do. And so there I squatted 580. So this was in August. Um, and I was like, all right, I'm getting closer. Getting closer. Chipping so, away. Right, exactly. So at that time, the big, um, like the biggest meet would be the WPO. And yeah. um, they were having the semifinals in Chicago that year at the end of September. So I wrote Karen Kidder, the owner of the WPO, and I was just like, you know, basically begged him to let me lift there. Because at that time, you couldn't qualify as a female to lift there. They only had guest lifters. So they would invite Becca Swanson, Kara mm -hmm. Bohegan, mm -hmm. Julie Scanlon, but she had broke her arm the year before or that year, I think earlier that year, um, at the Arnold. So she was out and then Kara Bohegan got in, injured that year. And so she was out. So I knew that there was like some openings. So I wrote him just like, you know, just kind of told him like, you know, here's what's, you know, here's what I've done. You know, I, I want to do the, this meet in September and try to break the world record. So he said I could lift there, which was like, that was a huge risk. I'm sure because I hadn't really done, you know, done anything yet. You know, it was so new. Um, that so would have been awesome to see 
because yeah. you probably came in everybody's like who the fuck is this girl right right, right. and then and Literally. then you then you step on the platform and you <laughs> kill it and they're like holy shit i can yeah. imagine that right they're was, like is that what she's opening with like i could see everybody I know, exactly. saying that like people like Right. I know a lot of people that were there that were literally like, you know, she's opening with the world record because I. Um, so you opened you know, with the world record. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I, mean, I, can't, I I look back now and I think, oh, my God, so ballsy. the things that I did, I would never let my athletes do. <laughs> like, you know, like, you know, I just only squatted 580 uh, two months before yeah. and uh, not even two months before. And then I'm going to go and try to open with 617, the world record. And um which is just insane. So, and I you mean, hit it, especially because I was so nervous. I mean, I like all these people that I had been reading about, like, you know, Louis Simmons and Chuck Vogelpool and yeah. everybody, everybody was there to compete and like everybody's in the warm up room. So I was so nervous. And wow. I, I basically failed my last warm up attempt. I just got too, too nervous. Like it was really crazy and I didn't have time wow. to retake it. Like they were like, everybody was heading out to like start the meet. And so, I was just like, oh, well, I might just make a fool out of myself because, I mean, I literally just failed this. I think I think it was probably 570 was my last warm up. Um, and so I was incredibly nervous. But, I mean, the meet started and I came up and uh, 617 went really easily. Um, so the right when right when I got 617, then my confidence, all it all came back. So yeah. um, so that was good. So um, so not only were people like, what is she opening with? But then once they heard what like my jumps were they were like what female makes jumps like this? what was you your know? next I jump went, yeah it was um 661 was the next one <laughs> so it wasn't like 630 or something i don't know what i, I just went to 661 oh my gosh, which is, so funny. is insane like, and i got that and then i went to 683 so i got that um so basically a hundred pound pr yeah a hundred pound pr that's crazy. Uh, in less than two months so you know, and that was just like, it's almost like really like the best day ever. It was like the rest was history. Like that, that day I got sponsored by Enzer. Um, so, you know, all my equipment there, there on was yeah. free and, you know, like it just, it literally put me on the map and like from there on everything, just like everything was fast. It was like invite to the Arnold and, um, and started training at West side right after that. Um, you know, I, I never moved to Columbus and I didn't train there full time. I would have to travel there because you know, I had to work and, and whatnot. So I would travel mm -hmm. there on the weekends mm -hmm. to train. And uh, yeah, so it was just that's so crazy. crazy. That was 2005 and till 2015, basically. Yeah, I saw that your last meet, you came in, you, you were like 146. Yeah. So I pulled your numbers because yeah. I was like, man, when was the last time she, you competed in 2014? You squatted 635. You benched 440. And you deadlifted yeah. 490 for 1565 yeah. total of 734 Wilkes. That is crazy. I, I didn't realize that your bench, I mean, that's, that's fucking awesome, man. Like your Thank bench is, you. yes, I, I mean, mean, the bench, I was, that's, I don't have a whole lot of regrets as far as like, um, leaving anything on the platform, but except for like, I wish that I would have had a better meet at 148. That weight cut like absolutely killed me. Like in training for that meet, um, I mean, I was benching 500, no problem. And, um, and mm. I don't know, like that weight cut, just, I don't know, just the recomp didn't go well. I was, you know, I, and nothing felt right that day. So mm. I, it kind of bums me out because like, you know, I shouldn't one weight class higher bench 
you know, basically almost a hundred pounds more. You know what I mean? I understand my bench was going to go down, but I thought that I would bench. Right. I thought I would bench 500 or close to it. Yeah. Um, which would, which would have been good. Cause I mean, I mean, you know, I say this all the time, but records are borrowed, you know? So yeah. I know that my records are going to be broke one day, but I tried to really push them up high enough that I can hold on to them for a little bit. And that 440 will get beat the fastest for sure. Yeah. I don't know. At 148, I guess it's getting, but would it, Heidi, Heidi lives at, she's real. Is she 132? She's yeah. 132. But at, um, at the last meet, she didn't cut and she went to, she went 148 mm. and, um, bench 400 really easily. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, there's no question that 440 will go down, you know, would be the first, first of those benches to go down. Cause you know, I've got that one. And then the one at, uh, 165, 181, and 198. Yeah, I saw. I have your pro AM numbers. You're at 165. You squatted 700. You benched 510, and then you pulled 545. And that's your that's your best Wilkes. It's 756 Wilkes. It's just so. I mean, it's a great total 755. How did you feel about that one? Um. So it, I'm that one. Sh I wouldn't think would be my best Wilkes because I did one of the pro AMs. I did 745 squat. Uh, 5:30 bench and um, 5:25 deadlift, so 1800 total. Hmm. I, um, I, I should look back again. It might have been, I don't know. Yeah, because it's on open powerlifting. They had your, you know, they have it all listed out there. But I might have, oh, I might have funny. mistaken. I've never even looked at my name on there. <laughs> I mean, I've looked at open powerlifting, but I never looked myself up to see if like the numbers are correct. So, um, so yeah, like I mean, if that's my highest Wilkes on there, then that's definitely wrong because I've done. Um, you know, a much higher total, which at, you know, 163 body weight. So, um, the Wilkes, you know, would, would probably yeah. be higher. Yep. Yeah. That's so crazy. Yeah. I, it's probably my fault. It's probably not their fault. No, no, no. <laughs> I probably was like, Oh, look at that. That looks, that yeah. looks amazing. Let me grab that one. <laughs> so what is your training like now, now that you, are you still kind of powerlifting or what is, how is that looking yeah. for you? I mean, I still train like I, you know, my, my training group, you know, obviously way back when it was just me, um, training and, you know, people have come and they've gone, but like my training in the morning has, you know, I have like a morning group, you know, so it's changed so much over the years, you know, yeah. and it always will, you know, people come, they go. Um, and you know, so it's just evolved over time and, you know, um, so I, it's still there. I still train. 9:30 in the morning, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. Nice, nice. Um, and uh, but prior to that, so now, um, now that I'm not competing and I just want to be healthy and not injured and yeah. and whatnot, um, I do, I do some CrossFit, a lot of CrossFit actually. Yeah, um, I see you doing some lifts and um, some right. moving around. I see you moving well. I mean, you, we're the same age, and I don't move like you. I'll tell you yeah, right now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> It's getting harder though, a lot harder. That's why I'm really selective about what I do. Yeah. Um, well, with anything, but especially with CrossFit. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I've done, there were times like, like in 2000, you know, 15, 2016, that I was, you know, thinking about taking CrossFit kind of more serious and training really hard, like training with the competitive group that we have, training multiple times a day, doing all that, doing all the muscle ups and, yeah. Um, you know, butterfly pull-ups and all in overhead squatting and things like that. And, um, you know, I think it was 2000, 
2017 or maybe 2016 at this point that I hurt my shoulder doing the pull-ups, the butterfly mm. pull-ups. Um, you know, um, so that happened and which took a long time to recover from. I mean, I'm sure I probably, I never had an MRI or anything, but I know something, I think it was probably my labrum that tore Oh, geez. and it probably still is torn. I don't, I doubt it like fully healed, but now it's like well enough that I can do everything. Um, but that took a long time of rehabbing. Yeah. Um, you know, I've got just other body issues that, you know, not necessarily injuries, but things, aches and pains and yeah. a knee that gets stuck all the time and all these things that now force <laughs> me to be like a lot like more selective and smarter about my training. Yeah. So, um, so I do CrossFit every morning. Um, I would, I mean, I, I would never recommend, I would recommend people do it the other way, do your lifting first and do your conditioning after, but with my schedule and like the people that I train with, whether it be for powerlifting for, or for CrossFit, like that's just, I mean, the, the CrossFit people train at seven, the powerlifting people train at nine 30, yeah. you know? So I do it kind of backwards and which is fine for me. Cause I'm not trying to compete or, um, or anything like that. So I usually, yeah, in the mornings now I do, uh, CrossFit workouts that are basically conditioning and, mm-hmm. um, and you know, certain movements that I'll do. And then, um, usually rest and eat and train some clients and then start with the, the powerlifting training at nine 30. Um, so I still do everything with all the, with the girls, all the stuff that I program for them. Um, it's just, I don't go as heavy. I mean, I don't try to like, you know, balls out, max out or, um, you know, or go like real heavy on, on box squats or anything like that. I just, I'm just doing it to move and, you know, maintain muscle mass, you know, still obviously try to build muscle mass. Mm -hmm. And I just focus more on the accessory work now. Well, I think it's like, I think you have a great shape right now, right? Where you're Thank muscular. You. Um, you got like the perma vein on the forearm, which is awesome. <laughs> like <everybody, Yeah. laughs> that's my favorite. I'm like, when I'm lean enough, I'm like, Ooh, I can see the vein right there. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that's, um, I always enjoy your accessories. You show a lot of different accessories on your Instagram and I, you know, the, yeah. I mean, you've been doing it for a while now, but I love the variations of simple things. Like the one with the push-up um, that you're like, oh, you know, Louis used to love this push-up on the bar. This is how right. you can transition it. Um, and I love those kind of things because, you know, we don't often get to see, for one, women uh, also showing that. You know, like I, uh, Julia will show a lot of stuff, but I don't often get to see a lot of different coaches sharing different accessory work. And um, I think I love Conjugate for that reason. It, it kind of keeps things spicy, you know. And oh, yeah, yeah. I think it, I think it allows the the athlete to think of their weak spots and think, how can I work on this in a different way? Um, right. and, and watching your videos make it really fun. I'm like, oh, I could totally do it like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that's what, that's what I was, I mean, that started, like, a few years ago, maybe more, like, several years ago when, um, I think I posted one for whatever reason, um, and got a lot of good feedback from it. And, you know, I was like, I'll try that again. And I posted another one eventually, you know, and the feedback was so good. People were like waiting for the next one, yeah. you know, so it's just evolved over time now. And, you know, and, um, you know, I feel like I've posted so many of them that I'm like, you know, sometimes you run out of con- you know, content, <laughs> but it's like, but then you just think of another crazy thing to do. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't think you'll ever, ever run out of content. Yeah. So. They just go to the, is it the conjugate specialty Instagram page or specialty yeah, yeah, exercise page? Right. I'm like, right. that shit is so like, 
I would have never thought of hooking that around my waist and then putting a bar over there and then pulling backwards and then squatting. And like, there's so many moving parts going on. I'm like that, that is a page. If you want to follow a bunch of different exercises and a great explanation for each of them, I think that's the important part is that it's not, we're not just like, you know, doing, you know, curls on a BOSU ball. It's like, there's a purpose to, to doing all that. There's a reason why it's being done and it's explained, which I think is important, but yeah, I always, I always liked watching your videos. I, I think yours was the first I saw, uh, of a chair deadlift and Susan, oh, yeah. when I was, when I was, uh, training with Susan, she had programmed chair deadlifts and I was like, uh, <laughs> I don't even I know what, that, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't know what this <laughs> is. And I happened to, you know, hashtag it or something. And then you had been doing, it. I was like, oh my gosh, it's so awesome. And, um, to me, your simple one minute explanation, it might've been two minutes, was like better than what I had seen on YouTube. Like there was other people who had it, but I was like, it, yeah. it just, sometimes it's too wordy, you know? And like people just like, right. you know, it's like, you don't have to say all that. And it's not about you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Keep it simple. And, yeah. And also like make it to where like his, like, especially with something like the chair deadlift, um, you know, it's nice that we have the gym and we get to work with all different kinds of people because like the chair deadlift, if, if everybody sat in the normal size, you know, folding chair, mm-hmm. you know, a guy with like super long arms is literally going to pull it up and not very far. And it's just going to bang his shins, you know, yeah. um, and they get super frustrated. I mean, guys hate doing chair deadlifts, um, <laughs> for that reason. So yeah. it's like, okay, let's take the chair deadlift. Let's modify it to where it makes sense for everyone. So, right. So, you know, talking about, um, you know, talking about in the, in the tutorial, talking about, you know, raise your box height, you know, make it the height of your normal sumo deadlift and, you know, just different variations to make it, um, work for everyone. Yeah, no, I agree. So, so how did you get started with your competition, the pro-am? Like how did Uh, that all come together? Because that is like the done data of competitions. Everybody talks about like, are you going to be going to that? And, and it's, especially now that I have the podcast because it's so female oriented, they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. come, you got to check it out. But I've heard, yeah, yeah. I mean, everybody talks about how well it's ran the, the energy there too, you know, like it's so positive. And, and so tell me, how'd you get into that? Um, 2000. So at the sweatshop, um, when we were only the sweatshop and didn't have any CrossFit gym or anything, um, we started running like some bench meets, you know, cause that's all the, all the space that we had for, we couldn't really like have like a whole, um, powerlifting meet. The, the room is too small. Mm. So we had a bench meet a couple times, um, kind of got the feel for running meets, um, and then decided for 2012 that we were going to like, we're going to do a meet, um, in here in this room. Um, <laughs> and it's going to be women only, you know, cause I mean, still at that time, like when I was competing in powerlifting, there was like hardly any females competing, but at, by 2012, you know, there's more females competing in powerlifting. Um, so Kara Weston, uh, who was running meets and, and competing herself, um, in California, up in Sacramento, uh, she, she actually had the first women's program. She had it out there. Um, I talked to her at a meet in Tennessee and she was talking about how she's going to have her first pro-am for women only. And, you know, and I thought that was awesome. So yeah. I signed up and went out there and did it. Like I did her meet. Um, it was at Mark Bell's gym. That's where she would run her meets at was at his old super training gym. And, uh, so I went out there and did that. And then, um, 
the following year I went out and did, and just helped her with it. Um, and then decided that I would host my own in Cincinnati. I was like, I talked to her about it. I was like, let's do two, let's do one out East and you know, you'll have yours out here. Um, and we'll make it like opposite times a year. So that's why the program is actually in April because her meet was always in November. Um, so we were like, let's, you know, do it in April. I I didn't really want to do it any later just because of, um, it's just too hot and humid here Mm. in the summer. So like, we don't really have meets in the summer. Um, even though the sweatshop has air conditioning, I knew eventually like we would, you know, now that we have the meets over in the CrossFit gym that has no air conditioning, that would be horrible to have it in the summer. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's why it's in April. Um, so we had the first one in 2012 and, uh, it poured down rain that day. We moved all the equipment out of the gym over to like another, we, another guy let us store it in his warehouse. Um, so that we would have space in there to run. I cannot believe we ran a whole meet in our gym. Cause it's, it's not that it's tiny, but it's definitely not, um, big enough to, to host meet. Well, uh, my gym um, is 750 work, square feet. I think that that would, <laughs> yeah, it, it was honestly helpful for, for the meet because, um, it forced everybody to like kind of stay together, yeah. cheer each other on, yeah. get to know each other really That's well. So cool. And, um, so it actually worked out really well that we had the space. Um, so yeah, we had 40, we ended up having over 40 women sign up, which was huge. Like for the wow. first one. That's crazy. Um, and at that time it was two days, but the second day was a seminar. So we would have a bunch of them, you know, we had several people stay, um, and attend the seminar Mm -hmm. the next day. So it was just like a women's only seminar. Um, so, you know, so that really right there, that year is what really, you know, that was the start of like my wanting to like really focus on women's powerlifting. Um, you know, cause we had such a great, such great feedback. It was like, there was, you know, Kara's meet out there and then um, which a lot of the girls did that one too. So we were kind of going back and forth here. doesn't have that meet anymore. Um, you know, for other reasons, it's just really, you know, powerlifting in California is just, it's totally different. And, you know, there's, you know, she's a multiply powerlifter who is really trying to promote multiply powerlifting and, you know, there's, it's just not popular out there, you know? No, no, it is all raw so, lifting out there. Um, so now she decided to just like, yeah, yeah she decided she's, she comes out and helps me with my meets now. So she's amazing. She, I don't know what I would do without her. She's been a huge help with all of it. Um, so now she comes and helps at, not even just the women's meet, she comes out for other meets, but, um, but yeah, so that was 2012, 2013. We had, luckily we had the the new CrossFit gym open, which was connected to the sweatshop. So it worked out perfectly because we could have the meet over in the CrossFit gym because it's nice and open. And then the warm up room was the sweatshop. So it was, it was kind of nice. We got to spread out. Yeah. Um, it started to grow. I, I can't remember how many people were signed up for the second year, but you know, by the third and fourth year that, you know, is when the meet was starting to sell out. Um, it was probably like the fourth year that it sold out in like two minutes. Um, once oh we my opened up, God. Yeah. are you serious? Yeah, that that was the final year before we split it into to two days of competition. We had to because that year um, it took two like the whole system crashed for a second. It probably would have sold out almost immediately, but the like so many people were trying to register at one time that the system like just crashed for a minute and had to like 
pick itself back up. And um, <laughs> it took like two minutes. And then I had a whole bunch of people on the waiting list. That's crazy. So um, the following year, I still wasn't going to make it a two day meet. Um, what happened was like, again, so many people registered at one time that the system didn't cut off. It let 120 people register. Oh my gosh. Uh, I know. So I was like, well, I can't have 120 person meet in one day. Yeah. Um, so we're going to turn it into two days and, um, the pros will be on day two. So wow. I was really nervous about that because I wasn't sure how the energy would be, yeah. you know, splitting people up like that, because that was, the, that was what was such a huge draw for the meet was the energy of, of everything like the, I mean, it is like electric in there when, when during the meet, it's incredible. So I was nervous about losing that yeah. and uh, yeah. we didn't. So thankfully, so it was, everything went really well having a two day meet. And now, you know, now we're, you know, three years into having it as a two day meet and now it's a WPO qualifier. Um, you know, so good things are, you know, you know, every year something good happens with it and it becomes more, um, more prestigious, you know, that's awesome. Where do you see the direction of it? Are you going to just keep it growing? Are you planning to open another yeah. one, uh, another one, maybe at the end of the year, <laughs> November I now? Know, I don't know. <laughs> like, I, what I like is that like, um, you know, I, I, you know, coming from multiply powerlifting, like it'll always be like my passion. So what I yeah. like is that like the women's pro-am is in April and then, you know, we're basically feeding the, with it being a qualifier, um, it's yeah. feeding the WPO. Like that's, that's what really makes me happy is that I've been able to be a part of bringing that back, you right, know? Right. Um, so that's a big thing. And then, um, obviously just growing that, what I would really like to do is just grow the prize money, you know, to be able to, my, my goal for next year is, um, you know, this, this past year we had 13,000 in prize money. Um, so my goal next year is to have the same amount of prize money, but also more, um, cause I had a lot of people after last year, for some reason, um, we're like, I want to sponsor this next year. I want to sponsor this next year. And I was just like, this wow. is crazy. Yeah. So what I'd like to do for next year is keep the prize money the same, but, um, be able to all these other people that want to sponsor it, um, like be like you, if you want to sponsor a lift. So like, you know, if you can donate this much, this will be for biggest deadlift of the day, raw yeah. and equipped, you know, like, you know, single lift. Cause sometimes like people get like a massive lift and it's amazing, but you know, they don't place yeah. in the coefficient for the top three to get the prize money, you know? Right. So, um, kind of cool. Like when people do, um, these huge lifts to be rewarded with, um, to pr some prize money as well. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That would be awesome. I don't, does anybody do that right now? I'm, I mean, I'm sure certain meets do, but, um, I thought like, how can I, you know, <clears throat> do I want to take the, you know, take the raw and equipped and now break it into lightweight, heavyweight first, like, you know, basically that's just going to water down the money a lot. Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. where I really like, like having like first place winner winning, you know, over, you know, $3,000, yeah. you know, um, you know, and, and second place winner winning, you know, a couple thousand dollars. And, you know, so I, I really want to kind of keep it that way and, you know, and possibly keep growing it, yeah. but, you know, thinking of other ways to, um, to reward people and get more prize money out into other people's hands, you know? Yeah. So right now, so the, how big was the sweatshop initially when you said it was small? Um, I mean, it's the room, the, the floor space, you know, not including the office is probably about 3000 square feet. 
but it's like packed with equipment. Like it's like, you know, there's just like tons of equipment everywhere. Yeah. And then uh, we ended up like actually moving out of the CrossFit gym that we opened next to the sweatshop. We moved the CrossFit gym across the parking lot to its own building because we outgrew that space. There was like is wall to wall people in classes. So wow. um, the building across from us came available. So that one's 8,000 square feet. So um, it's a lot bigger and it's perfect for um, running meets and stuff. We have, you know, it's all, it's almost like everything's, in place. There's a monolift over there. We have to bring two other ones over, but, um, we have like a projector with like up hanging yep. from the ceiling with a huge screen that's ready for meets at all times. All of our competition plates are over there so that when we host meets, like we can just kind of like roll everything into place and yep, that's um, awesome. set up chairs and we're going to go. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I forget that it's at that level. It, so let me ask you this. Is there something that you think of that you wish you knew before being a gym owner? Oh, some, because I, like, I've gotten that before. Right. Like, I mean, probably just that there's literally, you're literally just doing it for yourself there. You're not going to get rich off of it. I mean, some people do obviously, but, um, not me. And there's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that it's just hard. Like, you know, um, it's been 10 years now and, you know, people come and you get close with them and then they go, you know, yeah. it's just like, it gets kind of sad, honestly, like, um, it's just like a, re a revolving door, you know yeah. what I mean? And it, it's really hard. Yeah. That's it. I, that's an interesting thing because there are a few people who, um, like I've connected with and, you know, not only had to leave, but maybe ended in a very bad way, you know, like right. a, a bad breakup and it, it just, right. it was so bad, you know, like something like that where you're like, man, that, that really does suck. And it's yeah, it can be devastating, honestly. It's yeah, like, for sure. I know. I, I always feel yeah. like uh, I, I think yeah. that one thing for like owning a gym, it's like you always have to try to improve the business somehow. So whether right. it's trying right. to grow into a bigger spot or bring bring more people in, you can never really be complacent. You can't. Right. right. You know, you really that you have to or else they'll leave. You know, you have to be yeah. able to improve the service for the people who are already there or make yourself distinguish yourself different from everybody else so that they right. want to come to you, which is, it definitely sounds like you probably have a clear cut, you know, niche, you know, with you guys and yeah, you yeah. guys are probably the leaders in your area, which is, which is important. I think it's important for growth. Right. Right. Definitely. I mean, you know, it's, it's hard. I mean, to, you know, to keep, I mean, powerlifting there's not a lot of money i mean crossfit like you know I, it, you charge a huge membership and people just pay it all day long you know what i mean yep. it's it's hard to keep the doors open with like a, a more like powerlifting style gym you know yeah it but don't want to pay 150 bucks a month you know yep. for for a membership you know yep. so it's so it's it's hard yeah yep. so we have to like definitely like be able to like keep the personal training clients happy too because they're you know they're really helping pay the bills yeah yeah and see and that's all the things like like we're structured more like a crossfit gym so we offer small group classes um and then we have open gym but we're so small you know we're only like less than 800 square feet so it's a really small personal area so when you're talking about like everybody being you know close together and the energy is all wild yeah. <laughs> like we had a um we had a um, fundraiser deadlift. So it was to raise money for um, Wade's Army, who is power athlete, yep. you know, power athlete, you know, did um, Wade's Army 
neuroblastoma. And so we decided, hey, let's do like a little deadlift competition. So we put people in front of each other. So they're deadlifting about the same weight and it was for reps uh, for a minute. And because our place was so small, we did, for one, we had such great support from everybody around here. There's another powerlifting gym that's close by. And he brought all his people over and he was like, you guys better not just pay $10. I'm just saying that. And so they all all donated more. Um, But we ended up having almost 50 people in there and it was so packed and it was so intense. Like people were just squished on each other. And then when we started, you know, we started the buzzer and they're, I mean, they're just yelling like, go, go, come on, come on, let's, you know, and it was, it was so so awesome. Yeah. It was a really cool feeling. Yeah. And so I could see it. I could see how that feeling, um, you wouldn't want to let go of that feeling with your meat, you know, because it's like you, you, that is so contagious. And I've been to so many meets where nobody claps. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's like my nightmare. I'm like, I don't want to have a meat like that. You know, you I, know? I, I, I've been uh, to a lot of them like that. And, and I think, I think it's because there's a lot of family members at the ones that I go to like this. So they're not really athletes, you know, so right. like the family's there and they're waiting for their kid or their, you know, their brother, whatever to come out clap for their person. Yes. And they're not an athlete who would get excited by seeing like a 700 pound squat, you know, where right. All the lifters are on the side of like, you know, and, but everybody else is (laughs) just like barely clapping. I'm like, man, we just need a little more energy (laughs) in here. (laughs) Well, this, this is the part of the, 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 the podcast where I like to ask what the hell is wrong with you people? What the hell was I thinking where you think back when you were younger, maybe when you first started lifting and you did some stupid shit and you look back and you think to yourself, what the hell was I thinking? Do you have anything like that? Uh, <laughs> let me think. Um, gosh, there's so much stuff that I'm just like, oh, I mean, I mean, this probably isn't like a funny thing, I guess, but like, I always think, I think back to like when I was competing and I just, you know, I'm always like, and especially when I see pictures of myself, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I was so out of shape. And like, you know, I, I really, that's like my only, when I only regrets, like I literally, I say that a lot. I'm like, what was I thinking? Like, I thought that I couldn't, (laughs) like, I didn't even like, I, I remember one time being asked to go canoeing, um, on a Sunday and I, and at that time I would bench heavy on Mondays. And I was like, I cannot go canoeing because I got a bench heavy tomorrow. Like I literally was like that worried about doing any type of like, you know, any type of like anything that would like wear myself out. And I'm just like, I mean, why did I think that way? Oh my Um, gosh. That's so many people are like that though. I mean, when you think about it, so many people are like that. Like no, tomorrow's like max effort. Like I wish I would have, um, you know, now that I realize, like, you know, obviously I wouldn't do the amount of conditioning that I do now, but like, um, you know, at one point when I was, you know, toward, you know, nearing the end of my powerlifting career and, and definitely balancing both, like my training, I was like getting stronger, like at the more conditioned yeah. I got. And, yeah. you know, I used to, there were several times in meets that I attempted 585 deadlift and missed it, um, closely missed it, um, and never got it, which would have been an all time world record deadlift, which I, wow. I, that's the only thing I don't have. I, you know, I broke a squat world record bench deadlift or bench total, but never a deadlift, you know? Yeah. And I, and I literally am literally like, what if I would have been a better conditioned power lifter? Um, not, not eating such 
garbage. I mean, I always ate well because I that's not like the bodybuilder in me. I yeah. always ate six times a day and whatever. But I mean, be above that, I ate anything and everything I wanted and all kinds of pizza and <laughs> yeah. sweets and ice cream and stuff. And, you know, mix that with like no, con- you know, very little conditioning other than sled dragging. Um, you know, I just was out of shape in my opinion. Like I should have been an, a better conditioned mm-hmm. power lifter. Um, I think that would have, you know, paid off and, you know, taking care of that deadlift. I feel like you're talking <laughs> to me right now. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I feel like you, like you've been talking to my husband. Yeah. Cause he, he's, uh, he, he makes me laugh cause he's, he used to be the opposite. So I was the one that was more conditioned and all that. And, uh, he actually follows power athlete. Um, so he does a lot of, a lot of their style training. So it is, you know, it's a good amount of conditioning in there. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and he's not a, he's not a small dude. He's like 240. Um, and he's on, you know, the air salt or the, the salt bike. Right. And he is like, I mean, that thing is going for a minute. Just, yeah. Yeah. And I'm watching him. I'm like, I could just puke watching you right now. <laughs> like right. my conditioning right, is so right. low. And he's like, you better get that shit back up, dude. <laughs> he's like, what's yeah, wrong with that? you? <laughs> I mean, like, the assault bike sucks. It's like my least favorite thing in the world. Oh, but I mean, as far as for a power lifter, like that would be probably the machine that I would use more Mm. often and do like sprints on it, you know, like, you know, not steady state cardio, right. But like sprints to just like build that lung capacity, build that, you know, um, you know, kind of work, you know, just a work capacity basically. Yeah. Is that, would you say that that's uh, something you would choose for some of your power lifters if they had to do some conditioning work? Yeah. Yeah. The assault bike, we have one in, in the sweatshop. So you know, the ones that will do it, you know, I'll give them different, um, <laughs> I like how you said that. <laughs> di- different, um, assault bike workouts to do like, and I mean, they're dying and, and actually a lot of them like it. Like they're, you know, our gym's a little bit different. You know, we do have like, you know, obviously high level power lifters that are pros and yeah. we've, you know, had world record holders and, and whatnot, but you know, the other 98% of the population of power lifters at the gym are people that they want to get stronger, but this is not their you know, they've got real jobs. They've got responsibilities. They are trying to get stronger and have fun with it, but, but that they, you know, they also, you know, aren't opposed to doing an assault bike workout, you know, and they want to be healthy and, um, and whatnot too. So, yeah, I think that's much overlooked. And, And now that I've gotten older, I've taken that into consideration a lot more like running around with my kids throwing Frisbee. Right. And I'm right. like, why am I breathing so hard like that? This, yeah. <laughs> this and I'm not a big yeah. girl, but it's definitely, you know, I, I definitely, uh, I've been trying to focus on that more. So more walking, more just, you know, basic things that were, I would never even think of in my twenties, you know, like right. it's so boring. I'm not going to walk. Um, yeah. but now I value that. I'm like, let's go take the dog walking. We take, right. you know, the kids on their bike and things like that. So yeah, I always think that's important, but I, I think that's a very good a learning lesson with with what the hell was I thinking? Yeah. <laughs> and that goes to all the listeners out there who yeah. are probably having to take a hard look at themselves right now. Right. <laughs> and uh, just a few 10 second intervals on that assault bike and then you'll yep. uh, you'll learn your something go. real good. <laughs> exactly. All out sprints. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, Laura, thank you so much. This has been awesome. And You're welcome. It's thank been you such, for having me. Yes. It's been such a privilege to get you on here and I am definitely going to come down next year. So 
if you have yeah, definitely like I'm even just, if you're if you compete or watch or whatever no i'm not competing like, i will watch yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i will watch support take it. pictures the spectators love it yes so, yeah. oh man i just i love watching a good powerlifting meet and if good. the energy is like that like oh it's, it's exciting for me i could i could just oh, hang yeah, all day i promise it's good <laughs>